I call this, uh, people want to get past this point immediately. I've got salespeople in my team who just hate this to a passion, right? But this is where, this is the money, right? Because this is pain. When you get somebody to talk about challenges and objectives and you get them and you hold them there and you get them to ex- go deeper and explore, right? Um, certainly in my, my line uh, of work, um, the next person they interact with will not be doing this. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm being evaluated in my mind before I spoke to you today whether this would work in, in your environment. But if they come and meet you and they say, I'm going to, you know, maybe they're going to road test a couple of places and you just went a little bit further down some of these roads, I'm sure they would build a, a you know, a bigger advocacy for it for Wild Training than somewhere else, right? Because you've taken more of an interest. Welcome to Fitness Inside Out by Wild Training. I'm James Griffiths, and today we have a new episode of Industry Insight. You can listen to the show on most major podcast services. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe, and remember, we add new content every Monday. So today, I've got Sean Mullins on the show, and and really excited to talk to Sean because because we've been doing personal training for a while, and he very yeah, early clearly became uh, one of the best salesmen or sales leaders that I'm probably ever going to know. And so, yeah, I wanted to talk to him about, as an expert in sales and leading sales teams outside of the fitness industry, to look at maybe discovering some, some you know, takeaways and, and things that we can look at inside the fitness industry to how, how gym owners, personal trainers, and how, how the industry potentially can evolve its sales culture so that the maybe consumers start to have a more positive sales experience from, from literally whether they're entering the club or they're looking into personal training. And yeah, we start to have that, that slightly more positive impact on our customer base. So Sean, how you doing, man? You good? Yeah, very good, James. Pleasure to be on the podcast today. Yeah, really excited, man. Obviously, yeah, we've we've done you know personal training for for kind of over a couple of years now, I reckon, and uh, and obviously both interested in business, and uh, we would normally get some pretty interesting conversations going between us about you know everything from sales to managing people, and so yeah, I'm really excited about obviously talking to you on the podcast because I have no doubt there's going to be some some real nuggets of wisdom. Uh, come out on this episode which is a lot of the time what I kind of take away you know from our personal training sessions you'll say something and I'll go oh man I'm gonna go away and think about that you know nice. it's definitely had an impact you know on 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 the way that I manage my team you know from the the trainers and helping them connect with their, their clients and help them understand I suppose what drives a sale you know and, and I think you know the episode is you know sales the dirty word because so many people have a negative relationship with sales and and I'd, I'd even start with personal trainers you know most of the guys that I talk to about personal training and helping them sell you know personal training they you know the first thing I say to them is I go have you ever bought personal training <laughs> and they normally always go no no I was in the gym and I kind of thought you know what I'm fitter than those guys I don't need to pay them it's it's expensive and I was like that's one of the biggest problems you got because your your impression of your service is that you thought when you were a consumer it was expensive and uh, and so yeah we try and break those those kind of yeah barriers down and, and yeah change their mindset a little bit sometimes but uh, but obviously we'll start and kind of talk about you know how you got into wild training you know because obviously you you bought into the service right so so yeah we met kind of a couple of years ago and, and you'd done you'd done personal training before and you kind of walked into the wild training gym and and yeah pretty quickly we, we established that you wanted to do some personal training here with me right yeah absolutely so yeah um yeah, interesting kind of backstory um, because, yeah, a couple of years ago, we were 
complete strangers. And uh, yeah, I kind of walked in through the door. You were sat there. We had a conversation and then we kind of, uh, you know, agreed to, you know, give it a shot. And, you know, I've been thrilled by, um, you know, by the whole experience, really. But just prior to that, uh, kind of walking through the door, what made me walk through the door was, yeah, you know, I've um, I've done personal training in the past. I've tried different types of exercise out in the past, you know, from maybe giving the gym a miss and starting putting trainers on and going and running the streets, you know, take and then taking on maybe a, a marathon or two and then drifting back into doing weight training. And, you know, I've been to some of the bigger branded gyms and to some of the smaller ones, et cetera. But, you know, I kind of felt uh, I'd I kind of done a bit of everything and was um, – really looking for a new motivation. Um, I think generally um, I was looking for a lot of motivation for other things other than just fitness. You know, there was, um, you know, I was looking to maybe what was the next chapter in my work, um, work career, et cetera. And, you know, I find that a lot of uh, uh, energy uh, and clarity comes from, from me doing exercise. So, you know, going down to my uh, then the, the gym I was going to, just kind of plodding around doing the same sort of things wasn't really helping me. And I tapped into maybe um, a number of things. I had to kind of sit back and think. And you know, the the best results I've ever had um, in any in any gym was um, was really when I took on personal training. I used to live up in Cheshire. Uh, I struck up a good connection with somebody up there, and you know we. You know, we we trained together, and I got a lot of results and a lot of benefit from it outside of just just fitness. So I was looking, I was looking for that. The challenge is, James is like, and I think this is the challenge with sales uh, per se when it's kind of new business. So I'm going to like, for example, as a new customer to you, it's how you make that connection and that first impression, and then how you go forward and the trust you build with each other. I think is um, is a challenge on both sides. Is, you know, because, uh, but, um, you know, I walked in, you offered me um, something different than I was looking for before, more than what I was expecting. You showed me an environment that I'd never seen before because there was no machines. And I thought, what the hell do I do in here? It just looked like an empty room with, you know, with some, with some you know, some um, products around. Torture equipment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought, what's that for and what's this for? And, you know, kind of, you know, it took me a little bit of a while to readjust how, how I train. But um, the variety has been phenomenal. So, yeah, I, I, I thank you and the whole team for that. Um, you know, I said to my kids a year ago, uh, I challenged them all the time as uh, start of the year, like New Year's resolutions, you know, and they challenged me as well. So my challenge last year, as you mentioned, there was uh, to take part in a strongman competition. And holy shit. I mean, yeah, it was a novice. <laughs> it was a novice grade. And you'll remember even like two weeks before when I was trying to withdraw via whatsapp and uh yeah you know, <laughs> you know you there was definitely, definitely a wobble around the atlas stones right the atlas stones <laughs> yeah absolutely i thought i can't come down there and can't even move one so uh but yeah just just that uh buying into it obviously i had a, my, my personal best on every on everything so yeah phenomenal experience and some I'm kind of oh, it was amazing of, yeah. And, and yeah like you say Absolutely. I, th I think, you know, when you, when you, you know, walked in the door, I think everybody that walks through the wild training door, all of a sudden they have to find that, you know, that 20 seconds of courage to, to go, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try it. Cause it is, it's hard to explain to people what we do. And I think obviously from the outside, I guess it does look like a little bit like almost elite because 
it's strongman training and it's Olympic rings training and it's aerial silks. And it's like, it's none of the things you ever get to do in a gym. You know, yeah. you, you only see these things on TV, right? But I mean, to put it into context, like, yeah, you've done, you know, some amazing like kickboxing with me. You, you've smashed Olympic rings and like, that's totally been an inspiration like to your boys as well. I know Sam's done really well with his Olympic rings and his parallettes, you know, it's, it's amazing to see you like now inspiring, you know, your kids and other people to try, try these different forms of exercise. And then, and then, yeah, I think, you know, we set some pretty hardcore targets to, to, you know, your big birthday, which was, you know, you want to, you want to see how much you can deadlift. You ended up pulling 250 kilograms on the floor man like that's as a, two, a 250 kilo deadlift is ridiculous that's <laughs> that's you know it's it's uh, even as a like a recreational lifter that's that's insane and and so often you know you you, you see people think oh yeah i can't do that i'm i'm too this i'm too that i'm too old whatever it might be and you smashed it and then yeah you've just gone and like oh, yeah i'm gonna sign up to a strongman comp and 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 absolutely smashed it i remember the medley that we did that was a hard medley I mean, you, you placed really, really highly in that. You know, you didn't just turn up. You really represented incredibly well in an open category for ages as well, you know? And that so, so that was an amazing performance. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good. Oh, yeah. No, it was good. It was good to be part of that crowd as well and that kind of, uh, I suppose, community. But it's not just a strongman community. There was a real community spirit as well from just kind of what I would class as just, you know, average Joes. Uh, you know, men and women are like, you know, down the gym and just kind of buying into some. So yeah, it's um, so I'm 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 all in with with uh, what you've got down there. It's uh, it's a phenomenal experience. I appreciate it. Wicked man, wicked. So I mean, like, you know, the other thing, like, obviously, other than you know, amateurs competing in you know strongman competitions that we have a common is, is I used to be a salesman, you know. So I I started kind of my professional career as a car salesman for for Alfa Romeo, uh, and that was for a, a company called Perry's. And at the time, they were the biggest dealership in the UK, and and I think in the industry they were kind of recognised as having some of the best sales training, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. And it was just, to me, it was, it was that ability to build a relationship. And I, I feel like that's sometimes what's, what's like lost in understanding what in, in my head, good sales is. Cause like you said, you walked into the door, we we're complete strangers and very quickly we have to build that rapport. So, you know, I would say to the guys, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Yeah. And, and I always say to them that I think, you know, building a good rapport is, is maybe understanding some really key questions you have to ask to get to get almost as much information out of you as possible because people are rubbish at telling especially you know whatever gym gym managers you know sales managers or, or personal trainers what they actually want you know because they always go with the generic all of these bit of weight and tone up a little bit and it's like well but there's more come on and so then you have to you have to almost have a little bit of skill to kind of extract that information so that I guess what I start to talk to, you know, those people about in terms of what do I have that's right for them, that's going to be valuable to them. And I start to hopefully hit the mark uh, a little bit better. So I guess it's like that ability to build that rapport, that trust, like you said, and understanding what are, what are the important bits of information and then how can I relay that? you know, back to them in terms of a product, uh, uh, you know, a benefit that I can, I can sell them, you know? Um, and I guess, yeah, it's, it's looking at, you know, what, what is, what is the, the, the right kind of questions to lead with? What kind of information do you look to try and get to build that rapport with people? Yeah, sure. So, you know, when it, again, I think from, when you look at a sales, any, anything in sales, there is a, uh, it's hard to categorize it, but if we do categorize maybe uh, two sides, there is a new business sale 
and then there is a like a nurture sale and and mm-hmm. and a you know relationship building and i think the challenges with uh just sales in general is you might be in one of those camps but you might be in the wrong camp right so it's it's also about mm-hmm. recognizing like your own skill like am i good at kind of nurturing people but i'm just not good at breaking the ice i'm just not good at that kind of initial being inquisitive asking maybe some challenging questions or that trying to build that initial bridge or am I good at that but I'm really bad (laughs) at nurturing people over time because I like the thrill of the chase and once I've got that I'm on to the next thing right so I think really the the objective really for anybody is to try to understand your own personal brand what your own goals or interests are, etc., and, and try to really validate yourself. Like who, like wh- where am I? So, for example, if you want to build up a, you know, you want to build up a, uh, like for example, I run a new business team, and we're all about winning new customers. Okay, but there's no point in me putting somebody into my team who is basically really good at building long-term relationships once that customer is on board. I need those people that post acquisition or, or, or you know of a client base and in your in your sector maybe post customers kind of signing up etc the challenge that i have as a new business organization is i'm trying to find something that does both but i would i would uh forego the latter for somebody that's really good at the former which is i'm really good at kind of winning new business and now if i focus on new business the individuals I think that I look for in my team are people that can build value with the person they're interacting with so that it's good for them and not it's good for the for the customer and not particularly a good for the individual. Let me just kind of frame that. If if all you're about is going out and selling something because it's good for you, because hey, it's gonna pay my mortgage, it's gonna, you know, forget five more sales, it's gonna I'm gonna get this extra bonus or whatever. That can come across in you in the way that you kind of um, you face off to to your to your clients, particularly if it's in a face to face world where seventy percent of like what you're giving out is is nonverbal, right? So yeah. if you can think um, if you can think about the value that you're offering and and actually get the client to see value, then really the sales kind of part way done, right? Because what they've mm. done with that is they've kind of made a, a, a decision that actually this person is giving me some value. I can, I'm, I'm buying into now what he's saying and it helps that whole, um, now whether that's like, from a, I'm trying to think of it in a personal training world, for example, whether it's like, I just want to do one personal training session a month. It's not like, don't ignore that. Right. Don't ignore that because you might yeah. think, Oh, one a month. Oh, I've got time for this. I've got time for that. Right. Like if you if you have the time time frame you can't take it right take that because it's adding value. You don't know what might come from that. Um, so always be thinking about the the other side of the fence rather than your own side. I would say and just and also figure out which side of your own fence are you on. Are you are you up for that kind of driving new business value for customers or are you kind of more on the relationship side and, and go through some process? Yeah, I guess I guess being aware of like like you said what what stage of the business are we in you know like are we at that you know new new customer you know kind of acquisition stage or are we in the nurturing stage or are we in a bit of both and, and just having the awareness you know and I, I think 
what we're talking about there is like a bit of tactical empathy, isn't it? Like you, you need to actually try to understand, you know, the, the customer, right? You need to understand it from their point of view. And, uh, you know, when I was talking about, you know, asking certain questions and like, you know, like sounds aggressive way of saying it, but like an extracting information, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get them to talk to me about their values. You know, what do they want? And then, and then that ability to to listen, and I, I think that sometimes I find that with with sometimes the, you know, the trainers that work in the past, is is they'll ask these questions, but like like you just said, it's almost like they're thinking, how am I going to sell them? How am I going to sell them? How am I going to sell them? And they're not listening. And it's like ask the question, but you've got to listen, man, because that's that's the good stuff. So listen, and then you know, hopefully they'll be able to kind of respond with a greater understanding of that person's yeah. values, which is probably going to get them closer to uh, a positive sale. Not just like you said, not just hit the sale, get the target, but that sale that's probably going to turn into them nurturing an amazing relationship, which potentially is going to be nurtured into a load of referrals. You know, you know, like how you brought the boys down to the gym because you thought exactly. it was a wicked so, atmosphere to uh, get them know, to and the, and the gym. This is the, you know, the, the benefit of, uh, well, to be honest, every company should operate this way. But typically when a company gets mm. big, they tend to be get become more inward and become more results-driven and goal-driven. And like we need – like people don't become people. They become a number. So, you know, and, the, mm. and maybe the, they become more salesy and, and then they just – they get drop-offs and they just got to keep topping them up, right? But, you know, if you can master how you can build a, build a, a customer with five-star reviews – a great customer satisfaction, get those customers talking to other customers, networking those customers with your prospects or, or your existing customers and kind of build from that and just keep nurturing the ones that were loyal to you and so on and so forth. It's very infectious, right? It, it will just help grow and, and, and then hopefully you can keep, keep hold of that, you know, hold of that culture. Of course, there's always going to be something that drops off either in your team or in, or in a client base. That's just, that's just natural. Right, but you know anything more than ten percent, I think you've kind of started to have a bit of an issue. In terms of in terms mm. of um, a little bit more sophistication about how you know I sell business to business uh, solutions. You know they range from a few hundred thousand dollars as a single purchase up to multi millions right, uh, in terms of in terms of a single first order. Um, but in to to try to um, you know, to sell those solutions into a business, it, you know, pe- this this phrase of people buy of people is valid, um, but yeah. it's not everything because, um, and you can't just rely on that because if people like you, they will listen to you. But if people uh, trust you, they will buy off you and they will promote you so yeah trust is really key and to differentiate yourself like the way i me and my team differentiate ourselves and we you know we win some great business against you know competition that really should be slamming us everywhere is we at the right time with the right individual we we get into a little bit more sophistication about them so just a few headline points i give you james is is you know we always talk get the customer to talk about the current state there's a reason we're talking there's a reason we're together but we try rather than dive in and go hey this is my company this is what we can do and we've done it somewhere else and would you like to buy it um 
we get them to say, hey, look, we're having a conversation here. You know, what's, tell us what it's like in your world. What's your current state? And, and then, hmm. um, and this doesn't work for everyone, right? But this is the ultimate you, if you get in this kind of... And then we ask, uh, we get them just a natural flow into them to articulate and talk about challenges that they have on objectives. I call this, I call this, uh, people want to get past this point immediately. I've got salespeople in my team who just hate this to a passion, right? But this is where, this is the money, right? Because this is pain. When you get somebody to talk about challenges and objectives and you get them and you hold them there and you get them to ex- go deeper and explore, right? Um, certainly in my, my line uh, of work, um, the next person they interact with will not be doing this. So I'm like, I'm being evaluated in my mind before I spoke to you today, whether this would work in, in your environment. But if they come and meet you and they say, I'm going to, you know, maybe they're going to road test a couple of places and you just went a little bit further down some of these roads, I'm sure they would build a, a you know, a bigger advocacy for for wild training than somewhere else, right? Because you've taken more of an interest. Um, but then the flip side to that is, you know, once you've gone through the, like what's the pain exactly where you're at, et cetera, is uh, I then get them to tell me what their desired state is. So, you know, for, you know, what is it they're trying to, how are they going to do it? So it's very much almost a coaching thing from the start. It's kind of letting them explore um, where they're at because here, there's loads and loads of stats out there, James, but generally most people, whether in business or you're buying a consumer product, have done their research, Right. So what that means is generally they're coming to you for like a price conversation or just kind of testing it out. They've surely shortlisted you, right? So like when I, me and my team go to a business, they've already, they know, they know what they know because they've looked on platforms or they've looked on the web and they've done a research and they think they know it all, right? So it kind of catches them off guard to go, you know, to go into these, these kind of conversations. So current state, challenges, objectives, then their desired state, and then basically get them to describe what their outcome or result would be. The key thing then is I repeat back to them exactly what they've said. Almost like a mantra to say, this is what I heard. Is this what you said? And when they agree to that, it's almost like a, we've got a bit of a connection going. So then what I do, I go, <laughs> okay, I understand now. So, this is how we this is how we do it. For example, say this is how we do it at wild training, but this is how we do it better than anywhere else. And then explain that. And then what I give then is the final piece is proof points. Okay, so let me prove it to you, right? So then I give, you know, that could be a trial, right? Let's prove it out. I'll, let me let, I'll, I'll commit to something, you commit to something, let's try it out. Uh, it could well be a customer reference, right? It could be, look, you know, it could well be we've got very specific customers that exact, said exactly or very similar things to what you said, and here they all are. There's 30 people that came in beforehand and said all those same things, you know, um, I'll connect you with them, right? And you can ask them what they think, right? And uh, typically, customers don't, like, they don't need it. They got, I've got to ask enough, I mean, right? So, uh you know, then it's just around. And, and then when you start to talk about price, well, you've already built a value, right? Because the it, price becomes a, a very, still important in this day and age, but it, it starts to drop down the pecking order because you, you've kind of built that. So 
that there are, that's kind of a, a, a sales motion at the start when you're a complete stranger and you're and you're approaching something which this they clearly got an interest in how how we go about doing it at uh, the company that I work for. No, I love it, man. I love it, and and again, loads of parallels. You know, I'm thinking. You know, obviously, as you're talking, I'm kind of thinking through my process and kind of obviously, you know, I've been doing the job for a while now, and I guess there's an element of 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 autopilot to kind of what I do and and, and when I talk to people, and I think you know all trainers because there's you know there's so many different styles of you know personality, personal trainers, and and different trainers are going to connect with different types of, of 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 members as well, and I think you know having that awareness of who I am, who who wants to train with me, why do they want to train with me is, is definitely a, a good thing to understand. Yeah. You know, but like, uh, you know, talking about, you know, prove it. And I remember, um, you know, uh, car sales. Car sales are easy. You know, I mean, 80% of cars are sold anyway, but they just always said, uh, bums on seat sells cars, right? So just do the get test drive, man. That was, that was <laughs> yeah. the big thing. Like, get them in the, get, I, I would do anything. I'd say, Sean, yeah. I got a new car. Yeah, the just, keys. Yeah. Come on, man. Let's just go and take it for a <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and yeah, apparently that was, that was, that was a hard thing to do, but it seemed really easy. But, um, but yeah, I was, I was thinking about, you know, what you were talking there with, with your, you know, your, your kind of process mm. in terms of, you know, where are you at now? You know, what are the challenges and what are your objectives kind of thing? And that's, that's relatively kind of similar to what I tend to try and, and, and do in when, when I'm talking to a new customer and somebody has you know, walked in the door and they're, they're, they've walked in the door for a reason. Like you said, I mean, they've, they've done their research, you know, they've, they either want to come to do, you know, the gym, use our classes or do personal training. So it's like, you know, you know, what's happening. You want to come and check it out. So so yeah, I always, you know, use a bit of like an NLP kind of bridging model. So it's like, you know, where are you now? Where's point A? And tell me as much about point A as you possibly can. Like, and then, and then we start talking about point B. So it's like, if, if we're point A and you want to get to where, like what's point B? And, and then, you know, I always kind of say to people, my job is that, is that, you know, bridging the gap. Oh, I got to get you from point A to point B and what we have are very specific systems to be able to do that for everybody at every different kind of fitness level with, with different kind of goals and different start positions. And that's, that's where the depth of knowledge programming, you know, I guess systems that we have in while training becomes so valuable because you go, when you walk in this door, we're not going to hit some random workout. You know, it's not going to be Wednesday. You know what workout you're going to be doing because that's part of your routine. It's going to be something very specific to you, your goals, your journey, that bridging process. And once you hit those markers, that allows us, that enables your body to move on to the next phase and the next phase. And we keep going like that. And so when you start to create that, I guess, plan for people, so I think realistically, the only reason anybody ever talks to us about their fitness, their health is they want to plan, you know, they, they want to go, I, I don't know what I'm doing or I'm lost. I'm too confused. There's too much information out there. And I've literally lost the plot with what I'm supposed yeah. to be doing. They want to plan. And so that's, that's all I ever give them. I just go, what do you want? And I've got the right plan. And I'm so confident that I have exactly the right plan for you, for the results you want to see in, in, you know, the practical reality of your lifestyle. That's something we can actually yeah. hit as a routine. I'm so confident in that. Get in the gym, do a personal training session with me and, and I'll prove it. And, and yeah, because I think very quickly people feel that, well, damn, he's called me out. He's just told me to go in the gym with him. <laughs> you know, they, they know that, that, 
you know, we're very confident in the service. We've got nothing to hide. We're not trying to sell, you know, the, you know, the cost to them, you know, we're just trying to sell the benefit. And then they've got that experience. And if I'm good at my job, I've changed their perception of value. So, so rather than us going, oh yeah, you know, whatever, 300 quid for, for five sessions, they're, they're actually starting to think, actually, this is going to change my life forever. This is potentially one of the most valuable things I can do, not just for my body shape and my fitness and my performance, but mentally, I'm going to walk away from the session buzzing, like inspired, full of that amazing focus that you talked about at the start. Like for you, you know, the best results you saw were from personal training, you know, like when you're up in Cheshire, but that was, that was more than just the results you were getting from the physical side of the gym, but you were seeing that performance transfer over into your work life as well in a more positive kind of mindset, Correct. stuff like that, right? Correct. Yeah, one, you know, 100%. Um, I think if I even mm. look back at my CV and change and so on and so forth, it just, you know, the, the times when I've, I've molded something uh, like something fresh around exercise has always catapulted me a lot further down the road with with my career. So, but, but no, you know, it's the, it, then you get busy in your career and it can be the first thing that drops off. And then sometimes, you know, it's not always the same, but then the performance can drop off in work or et cetera. And you're working long hours and this and that. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's good to get, you need, good to get the balance. I mean, back to the sales process, like in terms of those things I talked you, th- talk you through, even if you didn't do any of those things, the one thing I think you, that every company needs to be able to describe is the final three things, which is how you do what you do, how you do it better than anybody else, and prove it, right? Like back it up. Yep. And and the only way you can back it up is is you know is by having some form of like I say, trial, customer contact, reference. You know, speak to somebody else, etc. So those three things as a takeaway, I would I would think, and then. Um, you know, when I look on the other side of the fence, like if I'm having a conversation with one of my with my sales team or sales members around, hey, we you know we think we're going to hit this target, we're going to get we got these customers, think we're going to win. I, I then on the other side of the fence, which is very very inner around a business uh, around your own business kind of model, is I always ask three whys. You know, like so you know why now, why anything, and why us. You know, mm. why is that, you know, why is that customer going to buy off us now? Why are they going to do anything right now? Right. And why are they going to choose us? Okay. So, you know, that might may or may not apply to, to some of the audience or yourself, but that's, there's, there's, there's an out, there's an outward one and there's kind of a, you know, an inward one in my business. And actually what I always try to be honest in my whole sales career, I've always gone for this, but in, and, and it's no different to the business I'm in now. I always, 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 always look for change. Like in business to business, I sell a solution to companies that are changing. There are many companies that are not changing. I just don't go there. So I, so I focus on a market of change. So if a company's growing or if a company's actually like hurting, it's kind of losing money or it's fight, you know, it's losing people, you know, then it, what what you get from that is you you get a, a catalyst of something needs to happen, right? And then and, and then you just have to get the right people and you can help them out. So I think equally from 
you know, you can't sell services to somebody, in my view, that just doesn't want to change, right? So that was the same in the other thing in the gym industry, right? If somebody wants to change, it's just then a question of how you do it, how you do it better and improve it. Yeah, no, I love it, man. Amazing takeaways there, for sure. And, uh, and yeah, definitely, you know, again, you know, something that kind of resonates with me because, you know, we were talking before we started the episode, we were talking about how, how does the industry get a customer? You know, uh, and obviously, yeah, my mind straight away goes to where there's you know, different kinds of businesses within the fitness industry, you know, and, and you know, personal trainers, they, they go down the route of, uh, you know, social media and flyer drops. And then you get the bigger businesses that are trying to do more out of home marketing with whether it might be uh, the kind of, you know, uh, flyer drop or, you know, static event outside of a big supermarket mm. where they're, they're trying to do some fundraiser or hand out flyers or, you know, free day passes or something like that. But then, you know, with what you've just said, you know, what do you do? How do you do it better? Back it up. And it's that back it up bit that really kind of hit me because whenever I'm talking to trainers that we mentor, I kind of try and help them pretty much normally reverse the order that they think about trying to build their business and, and build some sales because so often you qualify as a personal trainer and they, I mean, there's something like 10,000 new personal trainers that come right. to the fitness industry in the UK every year, right? And so the churn rate of people in and out is huge. I think it's something like a net growth of about 3,000 trainers uh, you know, every year. And, uh, and, and so obviously a lot of those trainers are struggling to make the yeah. industry work. There's a lot of new trainers coming into the industry that aren't as experienced in either the training or you know the sales process you know and so you know i say to the team is the first thing you do when you qualify as a personal trainer is you go well i'll get some business cards and some flyers right and and that'll be it that would be how i'm going to get all my customers and it's like you know you are an experienced you know fitness customer you've had personal training you've had multiple gym memberships are you going to start training with like a rookie personal trainer in their first year Probably not, because it's it's going to be very hard for them to show you what they do, how they do it better than other people, and to be able to back it up to somebody that's more experienced like yourself. And so, what I would say to the team is, when you think, you know, do marketing, do some promoting, and then you know, do some training so that you look buff, and then and then probably study some stuff on the back end so that you actually sound like you know what you're talking about, right? I always tell them to do it backwards, basically. So, you know, while training started as a personal training development program, so, so trainers would come into the industry and we go, look, buy into a wild training franchise. It is not just a logo. I'm going to try and give you everything I've got from the business administration side of it, the marketing, the sales, and the training and the study behind the job, right? And, and so I go, right, if you guys study your pants off, and you become experts. And I mean like experts in your field where you have a lot of value that you can share to a lot of different types of people. You widen your market base. So study. Then put it into practice. You need to train. You need to live the life. Okay, I've dedicated my life to this job, which is why it naturally it kind of comes to me as, as, as something I can deliver. I can share with people mm. confidently. And then the last thing I do is, is market and sale because if I haven't done the first two, you know, parts, you know, build my study, build my, my own training experience, then when I come to sell or market myself, it's, it's, I'm probably going to get found out as not being able to back it up, yeah. not being able to kind of, yeah, prove my, my value to the customer. So yeah, what you're saying in terms of takeaways there, I think is spot on. And I think actually if the fitness industry stepped out 
and looked at itself. You know, you said something earlier about when businesses get bigger, they they become very internal in terms of looking at numbers. And I mean, I can't even tell you about the amount of, you know, industry seminars with, with amazing guys, you know, real, real leaders in the fitness industry talking about, you know, KPIs and the things they're measuring to check their business is growing and, you know, the funnels and, and always I'm, I'm at these things. I'm, I'm, I'm there feeling like an alien thinking, I just feel like we're measuring a lot of the wrong stuff. And I, I think that's something about, you know, don't just model a sale model a brand advocate. Like, I don't just want a customer. I want somebody that walks out of the door that's in love with the wild training brand that's going to go and tell 10 people about it. And then those 10 people are going to tell 10 people about it. And in my head, when, when you ask me about how the fitness industry get customers, that's it. That's how I get the customers. We create brand advocates because they love us. They don't like our service. They love it. It's changed their lives. And the entire fitness industry has the ability to do that because that's that's what we do. You know, you, you've got this ability to create a culture in a gym or as a personal trainer where people love spending time with you, love spending time in your business because it's such a positive part of their lifestyle. So I think, um, so yeah, so, James, yeah, I, I think, think that like, like just back to your point around maybe, you know, I am recruiting people for my brand, but I'm not going to the experienced people, right? Because uh, and there's mm. that's a, that high risk strategy for me because I've got a sophisticated sale with a brand that isn't well known, and I'm looking for people that don't have the same experience to pull on because they've been selling for over many years, right? But there's a reason for that, mm. right? There's a reason for that, and it's about the culture, right? Because, so it doesn't mean I like I've got a blend. Don't forget you're wrong. I've got some experience in the team, but but. I'm looking for a lot of uh, new kind of youth in, in, in the organization. And, and it's, it's to create like the culture because, and then everybody buys into a vision uh, of what we're trying to achieve. And actually really relish in the success that we have, especially where like someone should have maybe would have normally gone down the road to that firm, but they came to us. And what we impart to the customer is, and this would, would apply to, for example, a guy who works in my team who doesn't really have the experience, but, but they someone just spent hundreds of thousands of pounds with him, okay, with our with our technology and our brand, but but equally it goes back to him and the way he's approached the sale, right? What what he's delivered is first and foremost his passion for what it is he does, right? And how it applies to the person he's facing up on. But the biggest thing. That gets you so far. But what this particular uh, guy has done in my team, which doesn't matter how much experience you've got, it can probably help, but his knowledge is so, like he's dedicated himself to learn, 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 right? He wants to know like all this competition in his area, how they, what they do, what they offer. He even knows kind of price points, you know, he knows kind of what they can do, what they can't do, what maybe they're good at and what they're not good at, right? And then figure out his niche in between and kind of like what's his personal brand and image, the whole thing, right? And he's become so knowledgeable about his market and equally what his services are and offering is that it just comes across. It's, in, it's just, uh, it, it's just transmits to the client, right? So when you take passion, which gets a lot of people so far, right? 
people get, I mean, I'm enthusiastic about what you're saying, let's do it, right? But it doesn't get you all the way sometimes because, you know, that person leaves the office, leaves your center, gets back in the car, and then it's like, oh, I enjoy meeting that guy, but like, I'm onto something else, right? And I, I, I'll, I'll maybe come back to it. Or maybe the next person they meet is also passionate. So it's kind of an equal thing. Right? So when you put knowledge with passion, it's, it's a winning formula. So, um, and that second piece, the knowledge, is actually where the vast majority of anybody in sales kind of lack. People rely on the back, the back stories. I used to do this. I used to do that. I've been here, been there and everything. And they actually, really what they're trying to do is say, they're actually promoting more, like, have you heard the brands? And they're not thinking about themselves, right? And how they can, how they can connect. So <laughs> passion and knowledge is like a formula for success. Yeah, 100%, man. Like I said, I guess that's the big takeaway, isn't it? So back it up. But I think, you know, they round it up, Sean, but I mean, some amazing takeaways throughout, throughout that chat. And I think, you know, I, I guess if I was sat there and I said, right, I'm, I'm a gym owner, I'm in the fitness industry, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, what's the one takeaway? And it's, I think what we talked about, we're trying to create that, that more positive sales process for the gym and creating that maybe slightly different culture about what we're trying to achieve in, in not just driving a sale, but driving that brand advocate, that person's going to love the brand. And, and yeah, long-term, I guess if, if businesses start to invest in that, that process and invest in their team, not just being passionate about the service, the brand, but having that, that knowledge about what they do, you know, what they do better than their, their maybe competitors and, and that ability to back it up, they're probably going to have a, a much better experience with their, their customers. Their customers are going to have a more positive kind of time, you know, joining, you know, the gym or buying into personal training. And, and yeah, long-term, that's probably going to help them nurture a, a, an easier kind of acquisition of new clients in the future as well. So I think that's, that's definitely some amazing takeaways today, man. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for You're taking welcome. the time. Just one Sean. final thing I was going to mention, which is something which um, is, is just around consistency. Because, you know, brand and PR is also, mm. you know, we've talked a lot about an individual kind of, such the whole sales mechanics. But in terms of a, of a brand and maybe for owners and kind of thinking about branding and marketing, um, one thing I w- would say around that, which is pretty pretty consistent is, sorry to use that word, is, is consistency. Like, if you think mm. about like somebody coming to the gym and, you, and they're saying they want results, you know, they've got to be consistent. Right. So, and that's what drives a change over time. It's just a question of when, not if, if you keep up that momentum. Right. Yeah. So, really, that applies also for uh, branding and PR. So, like, if you're going to commit to a social post in a certain platform, then keep it consistent and keep the frequency the same. Because like commit to it, right? Because if you, if you, like, I tr- yeah. yeah, I tried LinkedIn or I tried, you know, Instagram and I did this type of uh, a campaign and, and then I did it for a month. I actually got great results from it. Oh, now I'll go back to three or four months later, right? There's, there's, there's a very strong yeah, yeah. Uh, analysis that's, that's kind of proven out that if you can keep that going and keep that consistency going, it just kind of pays dividends all the time. So, um, James, been great to talk to you this morning. Thanks a lot. Yeah, pleasure, man. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Industry Insight. This is Fitness Inside Out by Wild Training, and I'm James Griffiths. If you like the show, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most major platforms. Subscribe to hear a new episode every Monday. Next time on the show, I'm going to speak to Gareth Beeson. Now, Gareth is the media man. He helped me create the, the Wild Training brand video. And he's going to be talking about rich media and how important it is to be putting out good quality professional imagery video on things like social media for the fitness industry. So it should be a really, really good episode. If you have any feedback, a question or a topic you'd like to request for us to cover, drop us a voice message as we always listen to all of them. Your question may even feature on next week's podcast.